world, and welcome to a series of unfortunate sequels, where we explore the highs and the lows of cinema's most enduring franchises. My name is John. And I'm Rebecca. And today we'll be talking about the lowest rated movie in the Look Who's Talking franchise, Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah, this came out in 1993 and has a 4.4 on IMDb. I'm going to look up Home Alone 4 real quick. Cause... I know. Before we really get into the specifics, let me just say criminally underrated. <laughs> really? Home Alone 4 has a 2.6. All right, never mind. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Home Alone 4 was a little bit higher. Um, first of all, didn't realize I was getting into a Christmas film. Yeah, this was a fun surprise. Yes, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Didn't know. It is... I, I guess it, it's not that bad. Uh, 4.4 4, 4. I think is a little low. But then again, I thought the first one was too low as well. They were both too low. Yeah, for like a a, ki- a third film in like a... This isn't really a kid's franchise. Yeah, like it had... It starred kids, but like it was for... I don't know, I feel like it was for teens more than anything. Yeah, I want to look at it. This one was definitely PG, right? But the other two... I don't think Look Who's Talking was a PG film. It for sure had at least a bitch in it, so I assume it was PG. Yeah, Look Who's Talking was PG-13. Oh, look, this had PG-13 too? I can see that. I guess. It definitely felt more like a, a movie for children uh, than the other two, but still not like Home Alone 4. I just compare all kids' sequels <laughs> to Home Alone 4. Yeah, but this one was this one was good. I actually enjoyed this one. In a non-ironic way. <laughs> I enjoyed some aspects of it. I definitely laughed a couple of times. They did a recurring bit in the first one, or they did this in the first one as well, where, like, uh, Kirstie Alley's dad is, like, <laughs> this really, like, criminally boring man, but in a funny way, even without him talking. So they also had a moment in the first one where he's, like, reading some kind of, like, accounting magazine and, like, really into it. He's, like, giggling. Yeah. <laughs> And they had that in this one too. And he like starts laughing and shakes his head, shakes his head, and he's like beautiful. And he's like an accountant. <laughs> he's just reading someone's. <laughs> Her parents number. are the best part of the first and this one too, but they're barely in it. Anyway, I yeah, that was my long-winded way of saying I liked some bits, but there were some bits that were pushed the line of this feels like it's for children. This feels like an Airbud film, you know? Does that make sense? When you have talking animals. It's hard for it to not feel like it's for babies. Yeah, but yeah, I I mean, I I feel like I felt, I don't know. (laughs) I don't feel like it was any worse than talking babies, but I don't know why they had to do talking animals. Like it was, it was one of the things where, so for the people that haven't seen this, the first two Look Who's Talkings were the babies talking along with adult voices. And this one the kids are actually old enough to talk, so the the fun bit is that they have two dogs, and they are talking with adult voices instead. Yes, unfortunately, sadly for John, their mouths weren't moving. They, they were not <laughs> CG like I thought, but to make up for this disappointment, we did get the surprise that they're voiced by Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton. I had which no we idea. Were not expecting. Did you remember this movie now? Because we talked about how we might have seen this one. Yes. Really? For sure. I only remembered parts of the end with the wolves in the cabin. I didn't remember remember any of the rest of the movie. I definitely didn't remember that Danny DeVito. I did. I don't know if it would have meant anything to me that Danny DeVito was in it at the time. I probably only knew him from like Twins. 
Oh, my one of my favorite movies growing up was Matilda. So Mm. I think if I had watched it around that time, I would have realized. But yeah, that was quite the delight. Although I did miss Bruce Willis, you know. Yeah. It would have been great if we also got Mikey's thoughts in Bruce Willis's voice, even though he was a seven-year-old who could talk. (laughs) That would have been amazing. (laughs) Right? Look who's talking now still, please. Come out with it. Well, no, then at that point, you just have to Mikey's an adult. No, he just is Bruce Willis. (laughs) I like to think it's a different adult, but then his his (laughs) mental is still Bruce Willis. (laughs) So anywho, this starts out with what looks like an average night of bath and bedtime. It is pure chaos, but we kind of get a glimpse into what it's like being in this house with two kids now and Molly and James. Yes, it looked like it was all one shot, too, which is interesting. That must be really hard to do with children. Right. Because we just kind of, like, are, it's just a still camera pointed at the hallway, and they're just kind of, like, you know, running back and forth between rooms, putting them in bed, chasing them from the tub. Yeah. Although, I guess there were several points where it could have been cheated. Definitely. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But, yeah. Um, Despite all the chaos, they've still got time for love at the end of the (laughs) night. Ow. They are weirdly a much better couple in this movie. I think. Yeah, like I skipped the middle one. So I know you had mentioned that they yell at each other a lot, but there were a lot of things about their relationship that I really liked about this one. That I'll yeah, of... I mean, I think part of the plot of the second one is they actually separate for a little while. Uh, Do you not remember that? No. He like moves out for a bit. So oh, I think I like any of it. we're supposed to be peeking in at a really rocky point of their relationship. And here they're like really solid. Yeah, I like them. They were cute. <laughs> Now, as they're doing their thing, we flash outside to two dogs who are just finishing up a date. I really regret everything about the next two minutes of this movie. <laughs> the lady dog doesn't want to do it, but the the male dog is all like, but come on, baby, I'm going to be put down tomorrow. I got to visit with the vet. We don't know what's going to happen. And so so uh, that that does it, I guess. He uh, he he convinces her he's gonna get put down so she'll put out (laughs) and enter the baby scene like uh, now i have more regrets about this scene the fact that you felt need to i assume write down that joke yeah 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 you wrote it down and then look he just gave me like don't you were so lucky rebecca to be married to this man is the look he just gave me here let me let me underline it too so i don't need to Okay, wow. All right. I'm going to write a lol after it in my notes. <sighs> Burning this notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the classic, <laughs> you know, the, the, the spermy swim to the egg scene. Yeah, I feel like they only did this because they were like, well, it was in the other movies. So now we got to see dog sperm. But they mixed up the formula on this one because it's puppy. Lots of eggs to fertilize. That didn't happen in the other movie. That's true. Innovation. <laughs> now we find out that Mikey wants a dog. I will. Okay, so oh, we're, skip, okay. we're, oh. we're going back. She's had the puppies now. Are yeah. we skipping that? Yeah. Okay, I really could have done without like the slut shaming and the fat shaming of the dog afterwards because the dog was in the closet with the puppies like, oh, what are they going to say at the fire hydrant? I can't believe I've done this. Oh, I'll never get my figure back. Like you're a fucking dog. I gotta deal with this inner monologue all the time already. I don't need it from dogs. Anyway, I was mad about that, but we can continue. Oh, yeah, I just skipped that whole scene. I know. So she has babies. 
Yeah, puppies. Puppies. It would have been fucking Puppy bananas babies. as hell if she had Why babies. the fuck? Different movie. <laughs> so now Mikey and Molly Yeah, sorry. Are... Yeah, Mikey wants a dog. Molly doesn't think he's ready. It says someday. Now James is going in for an interview. We don't know exactly what for. We just know that it's some sort of like more official type corporate-y position because he's got to look really nice. His initial choice of outfit does not impress Molly. So she picks him a new professional one. She is super stressed out all day. She's very concerned that James is going to blow it. Uh, James is killing it, though. He's having fun. He's making jokes. Yes, um, the person interviewing him is a very lovely British woman. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. Samantha. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn that she's Samantha. She doesn't seem impressed by him at first, but then he makes her laugh and et cetera. You know, he puts on that, that Travolta charm. <laughs> Molly is upset that he, or he's worried he's going to blow it, but thinks, you know, it's fine. Like, we'll be fine on my income. Like, we've been going on my income pretty much this whole time. Like, we're good. But then she gets fired. Oh, oh, bah, bah, bah. no. <laughs> but James gets the job. Yay. Yay. There's excitement but disappointment, you know, the range of emotions. And then we get to hear this awesome knock-knock joke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember this. Go on. Uh, Oh, you do. You do. Okay. So the little girl, How about you do it? Just do the knock-knock joke. Okay, okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Cluck-cluck. Cluck-cluck who? Cluck-cluck, I'm a chicken. I kind of remember it. Do you remember what Mikey says in response to that? He says, Mommy, can I kill her? Oh, that was that part? <laughs> we were breaking that up throughout the rest of the movie. Because he's so casually, he's like, Mom, can I kill her? <laughs> it reminded me of this time when I was with my niece, and I think she was like four at the time, and we were going to play, we were playing um, Mario Party, and we were getting into a mini game, and she was sitting in front of me, and she turned around and smiled and went, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> It's so creepy. This is the context of the game, but I fucking died. It's so hard not to laugh at children when they say something inappropriate. But I'm her aunt. I can laugh. Yeah, exactly. We have no obligation. Jessica, my sister was there. She's like, um, can we have some like nicer trash talk? (laughs) (laughs) So we see a a little box of puppies that are being given away. Apparently, all of the puppies from this birth are just kind of being put on the corner in a box for free. Yeah, it looks like they just dumped them in a box and left. Like, there was nobody there. 100%. So we see uh, Doggy DeVito is there. Who, <laughs> Did you write down that one too, John? I'm going to refer to him as Doggy DeVito <laughs> throughout this movie. I hate this. I'm leaving. You're doing the rest of the episode by yourself. All right, but I just get to impersonate your voice, and they'll never know who's really me. All right, we'll find out. Let's go. Okay. John is so handsome. Mm-hmm. Is that what you think I sound like? I don't know. I'm going to listen to the recording afterwards, but I'm pretty sure those two are indistinguishable. No, I'm going to, because I edited it. <laughs> John is so handsome. <laughs> We're never going to get through this fucking movie. Uh, Mikey wants one of the puppies, but some bikers grab him instead. Doggy DeVito's not super enthused about this, so while they're driving away, he just hops out the back of their bike, and now he's a stray. I thought that the rest of this movie was going to be about the two bikers trying to get their dog back, by the way, because <laughs> I didn't remember the plot a, of the movie at a all. A real Airbud situation. Yeah, I really thought we were going down that path of kids' movie. No, they didn't seem to care too much. 
they knew it was kind of established. They weren't great with pets anyway. He looks at the puppy, and his dad's like, now don't do to this puppy what you did to your guinea pigs, and we never find out what that is. They were gerbils, which gerbils. made it extra skeevy. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. You know. You know. Now, Molly's having a hard time getting a job, but she does get a job as an elf for Santa, which is rough fucking economy for an accountant. <laughs> but uh, here we are. I guess I guess she's gone on 40 interviews and hasn't been able to find a position, so she's super bummed. You'd think they'd be hiring for tax season soon. Right? Oh, well, plot hole. It's fine. <laughs> Luckily, she gets Mikey and Julian to talk to Santa. Mikey asks for a dog, obviously, but... James and Molly are kind of over Santa's shoulder, like, Santa, say no. Say no. <laughs> Santa does not give a hard no. I get he was trying to be, like, nice about it and not, because I don't think Santa would be like, no. Fuck your yeah, dog fuck. wish. Oh, my God. <laughs> fuck your dog wish. But, yeah, it was definitely too much of a maybe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, they're all getting changed downstairs. Mikey walks in on Santa having a personal phone call and ripping off his beard. And boy, he does not handle that well. Santa's fake and and it is betrayal. Now they try to cheer him up by doing a little Alvin and the Chipmunks bit, which is, did they do this in the second movie too? Because I remember this thing being fucking iconic and i can't imagine it was iconic from look who's talking three no i think they did something similar in the second one to cheer him up but mm. it was a very cute scene by the way it especially was. with julie it was very cute but yeah i think they did the same thing and that's it doesn't seem to work on him this time he's still upset yes this was the alvin and the chipmunks hula hoop song they're mouthing it they're acting it out it's adorable go it's watch great, it great christmas song too now, Julie, we hadn't really established this yet, but she just fucking loves sitting in front of the TV and watching the same videotape of uh, a basketball game just kind of over and over and over again. Yeah, with, um, what's his Charles name? Barkley. With Charles Barkley. She's, like, obsessed with Charles Barkley. She has a Charles Barkley doll. It is the most delightful, like, kid quirk I've ever seen in a fucking movie before. <laughs> And now she has a dream sequence where she goes 1v1 against Charles Barkley, which was surreal. <laughs> it was really surreal. It was very cute because it, it, it was an awkward scene to do because it's it's going to be kind of cheesy and dumb. And they have to kind of play into that. And I feel like they did it in a way that was well done as opposed to like some Airbud sequels. Yeah. Um, that it was funny. That it felt a bit like a child's dream. Yeah, it was pretty cute. And then she dunks over his head and flies away. And yeah. For other reasons, I was looking on IMDb after this for just like random trivia about the movie. And the first thing was that the baby did all of her own basketball stunts. <laughs> and that made me chuckle. <laughs> she was really cute. She was only five um, in this movie. So they actually had like a very young child. She had rhinestones on her jersey. It was adorable. <laughs> Now, James's work is keeping him pretty busy. He gets asked to work all through the weekend. Yeah, so he basically flies Samantha's personal jet. Yeah, That's Samantha's very rich. She goes at a lot of meetings, and he flies her around. Mm -hmm. So she asks him to work over the weekend. She seems kind of into him. We pick it up. We're picking up what she's laying down. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. 
Because the whole movie rides on the fact that this beautiful British wealthy woman really wants to fuck John Travolta. And not John Travolta in his prime. <laughs> but not too far off the prime, let's no, be fair. But I just like, Samantha, you could get anybody. And she really jumps through hoops to try to get this married man with yes. children. In, in fairness, James is equally confused about this. That's true. I did like how he was like, oh, God, yeah, you would never, like, why would you want to be with me? And not in a self-deprecating way, but in like a, you're a rich Yeah, you probably lady. have a prince, like, literally yeah. waiting for you. <laughs> now, Doggy DeVito, living as a stray, eventually gets caught by the pound. But luckily he gets caught just in time for James and Mikey to come to the pound looking for a dog. Now, he was scheduled to be put down, uh, so he he's being kind of dragged John, off. John, he was scheduled to be destroyed. He, that's <laughs> the, the, the guy that works at the pound very specifically says that he's scheduled to be destroyed. I don't know if they phrase it that way. Please, someone let me know. Actually, don't, because if they do, I don't want to know that. Right? Oh, I really just don't. So he, he kind of breaks free from the pound dude and then jumps on Mikey and starts licking his face. And he Mikey's yeah, like, I want this one. He remembers him from You when... know, looking at him when he was on the street. Well, the dog remembers him. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't think Mikey ever recognizes him. Yeah, I don't think so. No. He's, he's much bigger at this point. I do. I like how um, Doggy DeVito <laughs> it says that Mikey smells like cookies and dirt because of, what a great kid combination. <laughs> And also, that sounds delightful. Right? I don't like cookies and dirt. Yeah. I can not, dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, James is feeling guilty, by the way, that, like, uh, Mikey's upset and not believing in Santa anymore. And he has not consulted with Molly about getting a dog. Yes, this is a surprise. He did consult with Samantha, basically uh. like, a, oh, I feel like we're going to get Mikey a dog. Um, but, yeah, at this point, Mikey's like, I want this dog. And that's when the guy that works there is like can't have that dog that one's scheduled to be destroyed <laughs> like dude my dude don't, don't say they can't <laughs> like you you want to kill this dog so bad <laughs> that you just refuse to he, he gives it up eventually it was really bizarre though <laughs> it was very bizarre <laughs> like he had a vendetta against that dog fuck this dog in particular <laughs> now like i mentioned james had consulted with samantha about this kind of it yeah like passing he was like i feel like it should be noted that james is like he's very nice to samantha and he gives some leeway because she's his boss but i don't think at any point he's recuperating the flirtiness yeah which i conversational yeah i think they did that really well where he was just he's just kind of like a nice dude but he's not being like flirty and gross but he was like upset and she asked what was wrong and he's like "Ah, i think we might get mikey a dog (laughs) (laughs) Now, Samantha did not realize, I think, that they were currently going to get a dog. So when they get back to the apartment with the dog, she has also showed up with a dog as a gift, which is kind of sweet. But it's also established that she doesn't really do anything with this dog other than own it. It was torn between being like, that was very sweet of her, but it also seemed like she didn't want her dog anymore and didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, it was, it was, and and also a part of like, not knowing what an appropriate gift is if you're trying to be sweet. <laughs> yeah, that could come from being, like, wealthy your whole life, though, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, she has a very, um, you know, 
well-groomed, well-trained poodle. Yes, purebred, Radcliffe trained specifically. So all you dog trainers out there, you know what that means. Get Daniel Radcliffe to train your dog. Absolutely. He uses magic. (laughs) Honey, no. Molly is obviously not thrilled about this whole situation. Uh, One of the things I liked about this scene is that she she clearly wants to go off on James (laughs) and calls a den meeting. (laughs) <laughs> where they go into the den and they close all the doors and windows leading into the den before she yells at him. <laughs> and she doesn't like full on scream. It is like an argument. There is a lot of debate though about whether or not you should argue in front of your children. Like screaming, you shouldn't scream at each other. But some people think that, you know, if you're having an argumentative discussion, it could be beneficial for your children to see you disagree and then come to a conclusion or work it out. I can see that. Yes. But I don't know. Maybe they didn't know if they were going to work it out or not. Yeah, this seems like a situation that would be up in the air. <laughs> yeah, but they, she made it very much a point that the kids did not hear them yelling because they weren't yelling loud enough. Now, they have decided that they're going to keep both of these dogs for at least the time being. They're going to see which one they like the best, and then they'll kind of get rid of the other one. <laughs> Dark. Yeah, which, which I'm sure is a decision that was much easier to make in the moment than they probably think it will be later. <laughs> It's like, oh, we've lived with this dog for a month now. We don't want to get rid of one of them. (laughs) Anywho, James gets called away to work again. So Molly's kind of stuck alone in the apartment with two kids and two dogs now. One of whom, luckily, is well-trained. The other one whom is very, very much not. (laughs) Just peeing everywhere, chewing up shoes, causing mayhem. There is a cute montage where we see that Mikey is bonding a lot with... uh, doggy devito who they name rocks and uh julie is bonding with daphne the poodle which was really cute (laughs) Mm -hmm. now james takes molly and molly-in-law to a fancy dinner (laughs) (laughs) keep going (laughs) samantha shows up and they find out that Not only did Samantha buy the fancy jacket that he's wearing, but also recommended this place, which is how he got into this fancy restaurant in the first place, because it was much too fancy a restaurant for him to have gotten into on his own. So while they were very impressed, uh, now they're they're suspicious of Samantha, the mother-in-law offers to get her audited. (laughs) (laughs) I know people. I can have her audited. (laughs) Meanwhile, the dogs are completely wrecking the apartment. Uh, The babysitters, they're watching them. And Daphne decides, I've had enough of this Rock's character. I'm going to frame him. So she chews one of Molly's shoes. She knows, she pays attention. She knows which ones Rock's gets in the most trouble for chewing. So she goes straight after those ones, knowing that Rock's is going to get framed and he's going to be out of (laughs) here. And James had just said, if he chews any more of your shoes, we'll get rid of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, James is basically working all the way through the month leading up to the holidays. His family's missing him. They're doing all the family stuff without him. They're putting up the tree and they're just montages of him in different hotels, calling the family. And it's all sad. They miss him. (laughs) Aww. Now, Molly has a dream that he's... <laughs> it's the weirdest dream sequence. It is a very weird dream sequence. 
I think individually they both make sense and then they get weird when they combine. Yeah. But So Molly has a dream that James is sexy dancing with Samantha. And then simultaneously, James has a dream that Molly is having like a revenge affair with Albert. Yeah, I think the phone got knocked off the hook for a while. So he wasn't able to get in touch with her all day. So he was like, you know, wondering what she was up to. Yeah, and then at some point, the two dream sequences combine, <laughs> and they talk to each other in the dreams as if they're just kind of talking in real life, like, oh, we're in a dream, so we can do anything, and Molly blows Samantha away, and then they start dancing with each other for the rest of the dream sequence. I don't know the logistics of it, <laughs> really, but um, cool. Sure. <laughs> While Molly is dreaming, Daphne has to pee, but Molly's asleep. And she would never go upon the floor. No, she's much too high class for that. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she has rocks here to show her the way of the bad boy. <laughs> he opens the door and lets them both out, and they go out on a night on the town. They do everything that bad dogs do, like eat trash and play in the mud. <laughs> Daphne loves it. They get home after a long night of reveling, and... Then Molly wakes up, and she finds the chick. She... You want to take that again? <clears throat> from the top, from the top. Molly wakes up, <laughs> and she finds the shoe that Daphne chewed. Mm. Last straw, Rox is out. Luckily not, like, straight to the pound, just kind of, like, locked out on the porch for a little bit, which mm-hmm. still kind of sucks because it's winter. But <laughs> Right. Uh, now it's Christmas Eve. Samantha says... Basically that her boss, who I wrote his name, uh, Conti, her boss, like Conti, has said, hey, we're going to have to let go of 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. Unless you come meet me at this cabin and plead your case. And it has to be right now, this afternoon. Now it's Christmas Eve. There's no way that James is going to, you know, get there and get back in time. So he's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. And she's like, but. 3,000 people, James. Think of the people. <laughs> so he tries everything he can think of. To get, he asks all his pilot buddies. No one's going out on Christmas Eve. So he ends up doing it. Now when they get there, Samantha, this this was a setup, folks. <gasps> if you did, in case you didn't know, this was a setup. Samantha immediately unplugs the phone line and then also plants a fake fax from Conti saying, Oh, I won't be there till tomorrow, so that James has to spend the night. It's diabolical. James tries to call home, but he can't. So he's like, you know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll take the car back. She's like, but the driver's already left. All right, I guess I'll walk the 10 miles into town, but I can't miss Christmas with my family. But then there's a blizzard. From bad to worse. Another movie that would be solved by cell phones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Now, Molly's trying to find James. She calls Samantha's secretary, and Samantha's secretary won't tell her anything. So then she calls Conti's secretary, who says, There is no meeting. Conti's in the Bahamas with his family. Oh my god. James, you cheating whore. What the fuck? So she, she is like, all right, well, this is clearly an affair. So she talks to her mom, and her mom tells her a touching story about her dad. <laughs> 
I love it's, them. That helps them a little bit. I like her um, drunk girl in the bathroom crying, by the way. She's got the mascara running down her face. Uh, it's great. Now, luckily, she is like, you know what? I'm going to fucking find them. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to bring Christmas to them if they're not going to come here. So she calls Samantha's secretary again, but this time she pretends to be a rose delivery person. <laughs> it's like, I need the address so I can deliver these roses. And they Stat. fall for that one. Yeah. So she takes the kids and the dogs, and she's out. In the cab. In the cab. Now, obviously, it's established that it was very snowy, and it's very snowy as they're trying to get up there, too. It has stopped snowing, though. It had. It's just There's snowy. just a bunch of snow on the ground now. Mm -hmm. And they get into a wreck. The car slides down an embankment, hits a tree. They're, they're stranded. So she... Uh, Molly kind of leaves to gather her thoughts, basically, figure out how she's going to get out of this old scrape. <laughs> and then a wolf shows up. Oh, my God. A kind of small wolf, but it's all right. Yeah, but, you know, it's a wolf. Uh, Rox jumps out and protects her and fights the wolf and somehow scares the wolf away, despite yeah. being, like, a fraction of its size. Yeah, and kind of young, I think, Yeah. too. But, yeah. Don't but, mess with the street dog. Yeah. This dog, a Danny DeVito, DeVito street dog. Did you just say Danny DeVito? I'm sorry. What the fuck, John? So what the fuck? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> my jersey wants to come out every time I hear Danny DeVito talk. <laughs> now, he did get injured in this altercation. He injured his leg and mm -hmm. also his ear. Daphne was very worried. She was. She licked it. Ew. <laughs> she <laughs> licked it. <laughs> She decided she's going to go get some help, uh, and Doggy DeVito is like, wait a Did minute. Did you almost say Danny? No, I almost just said rocks, but then okay, I decided. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. All right, fine. He's like, wait a minute. I smell James, so I'm going to go find them. So they go their separate ways. He's going to find James. She's going to find other help. And Molly's going to sit in the car. Molly's going to sit in the car. With the kids. Where they watched their dog fight the wolf like a, <laughs> it was a spectator. I mean, they did. They, like, all sat there and watched the dog fight. Like, Ooh, look at that. It was so weird. Not even, like, a trying to hide, like, don't watch kids. Like, they're all just noses yeah. pushed against the glass. Like, oh, my God. Like a dog fight. Walk our, watch our family dog about to get murdered by a wild wolf. That'd be so traumatizing. Yeah, they're lucky you won. <laughs> so Daphne Daphne kind of finds a ranger station and you know they are able to bring the rangers back and the rangers kind of bring Molly and the kids back to their station. Meanwhile, we kind of flash to James and at this point he has noticed you know there's been like Samantha's trying to convince him to like, oh, teach me how to dance. And he's clearly uncomfortable, but kind of like going through the motions. And then he notices the phone unplugged and he puts all the pieces together. <laughs> like, God damn it. I gone done been had. What? what? <laughs> Where is he from now? Yeah. <laughs> he's a New York accent. Man, I was really trying I know, to right? say now that with a New York yeah. accent, but that's tough. Uh, I've been had. <laughs> Going done being head. No, god damn it. <laughs> that was not. No, so we're gonna not. Very, we're gonna not try that very one Massachusetts again. Of you. And uh, you said it like your mom. 
And now he hears rocks outside. And he's like, ha, huh, my wife found me. And so he leaves and follows rocks. Wait, uh, wait, wait. But first, rocks pees on Samantha's he does. foot. Yeah. Samantha's like, if you leave this door, you're done for. And rocks pees on her leg. It was. <laughs> <laughs> So James leaves, follows rocks. They get to the car, but obviously they're already gone at that point. It's like, oh no, I guess we keep looking. So they carry on, and then they run into the fucking wolf again. But this time, he brought friends. Yeah, they're all kind of making fun of him for losing to a street dog. Yeah, yeah he told them stories about what happened. He's like, yeah, it was a big dog, and it jumped me from behind. <laughs> and then they see it. He's like, that's the guy. Oh, he's kind of small. <laughs> yeah, well, he had friends. It's a good impression of the dog conversation, John. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> I found out later that several of these dogs are also voices in Kingdom Hearts, so that was fun. <laughs> now, one of the wolves, we don't actually see this happen, but we hear about it later. One of the wolves bites James's beeper, which freaks them all out, allowing them to escape because the beeper goes off and they're not used to beeping noises. A beeper saves the day in mm -hmm. 1993. That's something a cell phone couldn't fix now, <laughs> isn't it? They wouldn't have been in this situation. <laughs> so luckily, they make it in time. James goes to the the ranger station where the kids are not quite yet asleep and they get a fun Christmas reunion Yay. and everyone's happy. And then an infant sings a credit song that we get a music video <laughs> along to, and it was scary. It was the worst thing. I was feeling like, oh, that was like a surprisingly cute movie. And I feel like the thought that wasn't as cheesy as I thought it was going to be popped into my head right as this music video started. And it proved me so wrong. Who the fuck was the kid in the music video, John? Do you know? I do know. Thank <gasps> you for asking. Oh. That's Jordy. Oh. So, what? We looked up after the fact. Why was he so famous? Because I, 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 like, there's something about this kid. First of all, he's like eight. <laughs> yes, if that. No, I, yeah, he's definitely younger than eight. You're right. Um, so he was singing, and it was, I mean, he was, he was a French child singing some lyrics in English, English, but like, like a baby would talk like because he was a baby he was terrible uh and i remember him actually from my french class we watched a music video of his and i i looked it up and it was i always just thought of it as the ooh la la baby song but okay, apparently the, that's not uh, even like the sing the song for us real quick is it deep voice um so that was that. And then this one is called uh, Say Noel. Why was this here? He was like, t he was not good. No, 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 no. It was... He must have been big at some point because I don't know why we would have learned about him in French class. Otherwise, like maybe he was some sort of national treasure. Somebody explain Doherty to me because I can't yes. figure it out. Please, is there something we're missing here? <laughs> is there some there's some cultural significance to Jordy that we're not grasping? I didn't think when you said like Doherty, a kid or whatever, I was thinking like Bieber age. I wasn't thinking like, oh, you mean the six year old in the music video? Oh yeah, no, that was Jordy. I assumed he was related to someone on the production team. That is the first thing we assumed. We were like, there's <laughs> no fucking way. Like it has to be just he's related to someone. But no, he was 
a, a star, I guess, at this point. I don't want to question your judgment, France. But what the fuck? I mean, apparently he was big enough that we picked him up in our American movie, so... Fair. What were we thinking? Well, I mean, we always suck, so it's fine. Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make... I thought you were better than this, We France. don't make the best decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I hope for other countries. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think about Look Who's Talking Now? It was pretty cute. It was fun. Um... I, I I feel like I would watch the first two again. Like, I'd watch this again, but, like, not, like, just of my own accord for funsies, I guess, is how I'm feeling. But it was cute. It just felt definitely more childish. But they did manage to keep a lot of their, like, the same sense of humor they had in the first two um, sometimes. So I, I, I did like that aspect of it. We all know that you loved it. I did. Top top five all time. Okay, well, <laughs> that's true, but but it was good. Yeah, it, it held up. I think this is. I think this whole franchise is probably. You know, if you're ever thinking about older movies to rewatch, this whole franchise is probably worth the rewatch. Yeah, there are definitely some things that are a bit dated, um, but for the most part, it's not too terrible. They're a little cheesy, a little corny. They even make fun of it themselves. Um, Mikey calls them the Cornball family when they sing the Christmas song to him, the Alvin and the Chipmunk song. So. Which, how dare he? That was a <laughs> wonderful production. It was very cute. Appreciate your corny parents. <laughs> but they had that, like, goofy aspect to James and Molly in the first one, too. So that's cute that they were still there. Yeah. So how would you uh, rate Look Who's Talking now? I would give it a Doggy DeVito. So you're just going to take my doggy DeVito? Yes. Are you going to take my Molly-in-law too? No, absolutely not. I would also rate it um, Molly's parents, though, speaking of them. They're just, they're great. I actually, I'm going to multiply her dad by two, even though he doesn't have a single GD line in this movie. Uh, I don't care. That dude's hilarious. <laughs> I want to, like, have dinner with him. He seems delightful. Yeah. Um, I'll also add... Julie and her weird obsession with Charles Barkley. That was great. What the hell? Oh, we also find out that she apparently loves him because she thinks that he can fly. She, like, really likes Peter Pan. And she's like, I want to fly, like, like Charles Barkley. And she's like, oh, that's why you like this basketball game? You think they're flying? <laughs> Adorable. <sighs> she climbs up on a shelf, nearly dies because she jumps off of it. It's great. Yeah, I love that kid. Uh, what would I subtract? I feel like I gotta subtract something. You don't have to. You can just let it be. Just let awesome. it be. I'll subtract the dog fight. I didn't feel like I needed that. And 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 that's it. Oh, and uh, I'll add one John Travolta frozen in a big giant block of ice. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was imagining what would happen to him if he walked in that blizzard for ten miles. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. What, what would you rate it? I'll give it one Molly in law. <laughs> Are you going to give it a Doggy DeVito? No, you took my Doggy DeVito. You can also give it a Doggy DeVito. (sighs) It's too late. How about a DeVito dog E? Oh, that's a new joke. All right. Wow. (laughs) How about a Danny DeVito? I'll give it one for sure. Just Danny Doggy Doe. Murderous pound person. What are they called? Dog catchers? Is that just what they're called? I have no idea. Pound people? That doesn't sound like the right. (laughs) Pound people. 
feel like that's, I don't know, it's got to be a porno, uh, right? No, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What else? One clearly murderous dog catcher (laughs) who just really wants to murder dogs. It's what he lives for. He was Dwight, basically. He was Dwight. He was Dwight Schrute. It's already written down that we destroy this dog. I can't just cross it off the paper. That's a weird impression. He didn't sound like that at all, but I appreciate your translation of it. You're welcome. (laughs) A little creative license, you know. Sure. I'm an artiste. (laughs) And I will add some more, you know, just wonkers dream sequences just all around for everyone. Yeah. That's a running, like, they did that in the first one, too, so. Yeah, I dig it. So look who's talking special. And I'm not going to subtract anything because oh. look who's talking. Pfft, you talking. What? Is, Was that supposed to be a burn? Um, no, it's like a, like a, like a, uh, you so good. Look who's talking. Oh. It's you. You were the, you know, like. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good job, Penny. Thanks. I think that's it for the Look Who's Talking franchise. Still fun. Still cute. Liked it as a kid. It was fine now. Yeah. 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 The hell are we going to watch next week? Don't know. I think I know. Oh, God. All right. All right. Until next time, watch the best. And save the rest for us. Oh, la, la, baby. Save the rest for us.